podcast audience uh welcome back to season five wow i i when i started this two years ago i i didn't have i had no idea <laughs> i'm stumbling over my words because i had no idea where this was gonna go but i'm so excited that we're here we've experienced so much um excitement and growth over the last six months and we've got another season full of amazing women to share with you and i get to kick it off today with my friend liz thomas um liz is is a new friend of mine, but a fast friend. I feel like we just connected immediately. She is on the same kind of mission as I am. She goes about it in her own way. But when I um, was introduced to her a few months back, she reached out to me last winter. We talked. Um, I have been, and, and the Field Podcasts have been featured on her blog. Um, I then got to be a guest on the new podcast she and two of her friends have started last spring. And now I get to have Liz with us today. And Liz just walks lockstep with so many of our talking points. I feel like this is going to be a really easy conversation for her because she's just (laughs) got a lot of experience and she's already doing this work in so many ways through kind of the same way a lot of us get there through kind of going through some hard stuff and learning um, through some ups and downs of what she needed in her life to be the best, healthiest version of herself. Um, Liz, um, for her character traits, she is outgoing. She is passionate. She's got a great passion for women and what women are doing in the world. She's motivated and she's really mission driven about what women are doing in the, in the world and how we can show up for each other and highlighting those stories of those great entrepreneurs and moms and people making a difference in the world out there as women. So I'm so excited to share Liz with you today. And it's been, this is one of my favorite things about this podcast is the women and friends I've made through doing this work, this common ground, this advocating for each other that we're doing, which is one of our talking points. So Liz, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks so much, Melissa. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad to meet your Phil podcast audience. And we are on the same kind of mission. And what I think is so serendipitous is when you meet people that are trying to support each other in the same way. We didn't even meet in the same in-person or in the same state. We met through Instagram. And I think that is really shows that we're reaching each other and other people. Yeah. And in just the way, you know, you, there's a lot of negatives about social media, but those are the positives are these relationships and connections that we're able to make that we wouldn't make any other way. And so I love that we're able to to share in that. OK, so we're going to jump right into it because Liz, like so many of us, is a busy lady with with things going on. Um, so I want to be respectful of her time, but we're going to kick right off with how to prioritize self-care in your life. And you kind of wrote a blog about this um, back in March of the self-love blog. And you have a quote from there that I loved. And then I'll let you speak to your self-care. Self-love isn't about a destination. It's about starting somewhere and continuing down a path of self-discovery. No destination needed. 
I love that so much. I like was like snapping in the air and clapping when I read that because, (laughs) but I think it takes time to learn that. I think we all get this destination mindset and it's a journey and it's a learning and it's an evolving. So talk to me about your self-care and how you came to that belief about self-love. Yeah. Well, I'd like to just say first off that I'm a work in progress, just like everybody else out there. And I think my first step towards really discovering what self-care meant for me was accepting that. And just the fact that there is no perfect moment and there's no perfect place. And that's kind of where that quote came from, that you're going to wake up and, you know, get on a podcast like this and be like, I've got it all figured out. Let me tell you. how life is supposed to work. So um, I think because I'm a perfectionist, that understanding and acceptance of the imperfection of self-care and of taking care of yourself is was my first step. Um, but one thing I really do try to be very attentive about because everyone has different things they do to feel cared for. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you what yours should be because mine are so different. But um, when I start to feel the anxiety building, you know, and it's my hands are starting to clench. I'm not writing my list like I do every day. There's these triggers that you can start to notice about yourself. I have to immediately stop, take a day off from everything and go, okay, what do I need? And I've started doing that. And fortunately I have the flexibility in my career to do that but that works for me. And then I usually can reset and figure out where things need to go from there. I love that. And you wrote a blog about that too. And that, don't worry, people, this is going to be on our (laughs) website, embracinglayers.com. You're going to want to check out these sources because there's going to be links because Liz has some great tips on how to go about this because you also talk about the fact that if it feels unnatural, it's not for you. And it, we're, we're not to be copying and trying to do what the lady next door is doing or the person that you're working for is your mentor that even that you aspire to. You've got to find your own lane and what feels natural to you. And that ability to step back and listen to your body. That's something I really I it's a I try to do every day, but I'm it's just that it, your body will tell you when you're at the max point. And we just like to keep pushing as women. Mm-hmm. So I love that you've gotten to a point where you can be like, nope. And guess what, guys? It's all going to be there tomorrow. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's, you know, and, sure. and there's nine times out of 10, no one is going to lose a limb or a life if you wait a little longer <laughs> to do that thing. Um, yeah. And I think we have to release that too. We we run around in this this mode as women uh, that we've got to do it all now and fix it all now and nothing can wait. And, you know, we don't have to respond to that email immediately. We don't have to take that phone call if we're not in the mind, right mind space. It, you know, and I think it's so thank you for speaking to that. That's so powerful. Check out the blog on her website on that. It's really helpful. All right. Confidently setting boundaries. You're a busy person. You've got your own business. You're a mom. You're a partner. Uh, Talk to me about that. Oh, boundaries. That's like (laughs) the can of worms, isn't it? Um, So is. (laughs) Well, um, if you live in this decade, then you probably know how important boundaries are. I feel like it's become a thing, kind of like Mm -hmm. breath work and yoga. It's the the thing of the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And all that said, I do think what boundaries are and how to set them in a way that is 
appropriate for yourself, but is also kind to others is very mm-hmm. confusing and confused. Um, mm-hmm. I see lots of quotes out there and resources and people speaking about boundaries when maybe their intentions are the best in the world, but, and I am not a certified therapist, so I'm not going to say that I know exactly how this all should work. Um, but I've been through enough therapy for myself to know, um, that I've come up with kind of a rule book around boundaries. And it usually is a little bit of two things. It's remembering these rules that I've set for myself and also remembering that, you know, you're not going to set boundaries all the time. And then you're going to get to a place where, something's gone astray or awry and you have to remind yourself and pull yourself back in. I have to do that constantly with my kids, my coworkers, my husband's relationships. Um, but I think the big thing I try to ask myself when I'm setting boundaries and I'll get into this in a minute. Cause I do feel like this is a really powerful and important topic, especially for younger women who are mm-hmm. probably not as adept or have not been through things where they've had to set boundaries. Right. Right. Um, I usually ask myself, is it necessary? That's like the very first question Mm. because sometimes distance or time just absolves that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's the first thing I really want to know uh, to myself is, has this gotten to a point where a boundary is necessary? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you'll know. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And then the next thing I usually ask myself is, um, you know, if I set this boundary, will it make it better? Right. Mm. Because there's a difference between a boundary and a disconnection. Mm-hmm. I think I see a lot of people out there trying to set boundaries when really what they need to do is end something. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you can't set oh. boundaries with toxic people. Like that's the first right. rule. They'll never yeah, understand they won't accept it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had to learn that a really, really difficult way over a course of a couple of years. And that person's no longer in my life or my family's life, Mm -hmm. but it was painful. And I tried to set many boundaries that were basically obliterated. So, um, and then the third thing I always do is I sit down and go, how can I set this boundary in a kind way? And Mm -hmm. maybe some people out there will shake their head and kind of wag their finger at me. But I do feel like a very important quality that is missing in a lot of places right now in the world is kindness. Mm -hmm. And you can kindly say, no, I will not do that. Right. You can kindly walk away. But I do feel like I feel better at the end of the day if I know I did something from a kind place. Right. Well, and that just general sense of humanity, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, I got to do when you're setting boundaries. I think when you first start doing it, you go into override and Mm -hmm. your life is so boundaried, you leave yourself no room for flexibility. And then you kind of have to pull back and determine, is this healthy or is this an avoidance or or the time like, okay, I've been very kind. I've been very kind, but they keep violating it. And if you're getting into three and four times that they're violating it, then it's okay to get a little more stern. It's like, I've, I've been kind, I've been respectful, but you keep walking through this line, you know? So I think the timing, but yeah, starting off in a kindness and humanity and realizing, and I've had to do this too, that those people got to that place through their own journey and stories. And even though it Mm -hmm. might be someone you need a boundary with because of your just own self-preservation and health, you you still need to remember that 
they've they're on a journey too and the, and there's a way to do that that doesn't have to be you know just a, get out of my life you're annoying me <laughs> yeah and you might feel that way but you know, i feel like i feel like you'll get a little you know a little more respect and, and maybe awareness from them if you if you approach it that way so i love that you brought that up all right take oh this is this is good you all you can find liz and her friends sarah and christina on the Sages of She podcast. They just launched this this spring of 2023. You literally spent an entire episode talking about this very topic yesterday. And I was listening to the episode going, oh my gosh, this is the conversation women need to be having. I was so excited. Um, but it's taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. What are some practices you use to process your emotions in healthy ways? And I'm telling you people, the link to Sages of She will be in there. I think it's episode six. Go find it and listen to it and have those conversations with your girlfriends, especially your multi-generational ones. And that's all I'll say about that. But Liz, talk to me about, about that because you have your own journey with this. Um, for someone who's 40, I have probably had more than my fair share of health issues, if that's what you want to call them at this juncture. Yeah. And I feel like me and Christina and Sarah, and I'm excited if anyone listens to this episode to get your feedback, we could talk about it for hours. So we'll probably do an episode every season and hopefully have a guest on, you know, to speak about some of the tactics around the integration of mental and physical health. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, I think there's got to be space for humor and living in the moment with anything related to your mental and physical health. Yeah. Because it can, be, can become your identity. And if you let that become your identity, you're living in this constant state of vigilance and inability to just go, you know, like, for example, let's say you have celiac. If you let that rule you, you go to a restaurant and, and you're just ticking through all the things you can or can't have on the menu. And instead of going, I get to go and spend this time with friends right now. And, you know, so you'll hear this if you listen to the episode, but I've had melanoma and I, I could have died. It was at a stage where like I almost had to get to chemotherapy. Fortunately, I got so lucky it was not in my bloodstream. And I was only mm. 23 when that happened. <laughs> So wow. it changed my life, to be honest. It made me have to think through, how do I want to live my life? Like, do I want to live under an umbrella and with all these clothes on all the time and in this constant state of fear and vigilance, which isn't really living? Or do I want to kind of try to thread the needle? So I'd say related to, you know, the integration of those two things, take the steps to take care of yourself. I go to the dermatologist every three to six months. But then mm. as soon as I leave that building, I let it go and I go live my mm. life. Mm. Yeah. And I bet that's tricky. I mean, you were so young when that happened. That's such an unexpected diagnosis to get at that age. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you bring up a good point, but it's always kind of that threading the needle of not letting it rule. And something that... Mm -hmm. um, I've learned that um, over the last few years in therapy is, you know, I got a diagnosis, a clinical diagnosis of anxiety a few years ago with some OCD tendencies. And when, and it was all about the language. It's like, don't call it my anxiety. Don't call it, you just call it, I am feeling anxious today. 
I am feeling symptoms of anxiety rather than identifying as your thing. And that that keeps you from the identification piece and tells your mind, this is something I'm experiencing and feeling that's a part of my journey, but it's not who I am. Totally. And I think that's such a really good point. Yeah. Well, and I would like to give the disclaimer that some people make some of these things their identity and they do it in a positive way. Like I sure. know there's breast cancer survivors who have made it their mission to help sure. other women in that way. And that is wonderful. And that's different, mm-hmm. but it's when you let it debilitate you. Yeah. And I think the debilitation can be just hyper-focused. And I struggle with this hyper If with anything I've had a hint of a problem with being so hyper-focused on that thing that it just is twirling in your mind all the time, rather than taking that experience and using it to be an advocate of awareness mm-hmm. to help other people, you know, be on it earlier, catch it sooner when maybe they wouldn't have. And I think that's a different kind of focus. So I'm glad that you clarified that. And I think it's so important in these journeys and seeing those connections. All right. Um, talk to me about um, how we can support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically. You do this naturally already with all the work you're doing on womanhood unwrapped and stages of she. And, and But talk to me how you got to this space of, of deciding this was your mission. Yeah. And like, um, I just feel that this question is so relevant and so wonderful to ask on this podcast because so many women are out there living apologetically. And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're nodding your head because we apologize all the time. I'm working with my daughter on that. You don't have to say you're sorry, but we like learn it from such a young age. And, you know, really the way I started living unapologetically, and I do really truly have all the things out there that anyone might be able to say about me, that is true. Cause I really do try to live that way at this stage in my life. But I got there through becoming so entrenched and so overwhelmed in my marriage and with my career and with my children and living in a way that for society's purposes was ticking off all the boxes but we were falling apart. And, you know, there were a number of toxic relationships that were in our everyday Mm -hmm. life. We went through a very difficult time in our marriage, my husband and I, where we both had to come back to the table and say, this is how we're going to live. This is how we're going to support each other. And fortunately, we both recommitted. But I came to a juncture where I realized I'm literally going to die or lose it Mm -hmm. if I don't change my life. So wow. I dissolved a business I had that was thriving, but was killing me and took a summer and regrouped and then launched Womanhood Unwrapped and restarted my business in a much calmer, much more beneficial way to myself. And I've really tried to live that way and help empower women to understand the importance of that ever since. Yeah. And I think you and I have both, we've both hit the wall before we realized we had to like do something. And, you know, that's what I love about what you're doing. We're both like, ladies, don't get to the wall hit, (laughs) you know, you talk through these things, but also too, if you did, you can start over, start over and, and, and have these conversations with other women and talk to them about it, especially those younger women, multi-generational relationships are so important in this case, but also remember you can learn from the youngers too. I will tell you, I've got daughters in my twenties. Um, um, you've, Liz has got a friend, Sarah in her early thirties, and they are doing things really well at their age that we didn't do that are going to help them not 
hit those walls we hit. But a lot of it's because they've seen what happened with us and we've communicated with them about that. So I think that's part of living unapologetically and supporting other women in doing so is sharing those stories and giving that, you know, feedback and advice, but also realizing you can learn from them too. You know, it's it's a two-way street. It's a reciprocal relationship. And it's, and you know what, we're so much better off. There's enough room for all of us. There's enough room at the table. We do not have to live in a scarcity mindset. And you do that so well with how you highlight these stories and these people and and, and what we're doing in the world. So, yeah. so thank well, you. Thank for you. That. <laughs> and I think that's, that's something, and that's okay. I think it's so, you know, women, we're, we have all these balls in the air when we're, we have multiple roles that we play as mom partner, but if one's not working, it affects the other, the other's not working mm-hmm. either. I mean, you can only go on that way for so long. So I'm, thank you for sharing that. And just your authenticity and vulnerability, you're not alone in that. And I think a lot of women feel alone in that. So hopefully hearing us talk about it will help them feel like I've got choices. I, I can yeah. do I can do this differently. I don't have to kill myself literally and figuratively to 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 do all these things. There's a yeah. you know, there's a way and there has to be there has to be some symmetry within it or you're going to lose your mind. I totally agree. And you know, for me it ended up being and I'm lucky too in the sense that I have a set of skills that allowed me to do this to become sure. more entrepreneurial and that allowed me to have more time with my children, but I have so many good friends who work full time and have very set nine to five schedules. And what I did isn't necessarily, and that's why I really like to say like my model is not your model, you know, because they have to find their own versions of balance. And sometimes I was just talking to a friend about this the other day. It's a matter of saying, I don't get to have these kinds of friendships right now because it's too much. I go to work as many hours a week. This is where I want to spend those free hours. And this just doesn't fit. And maybe it will in a couple of years because you can have everything. You just might not be able to have it right when you want it. Right. Right. Stages, stages, yeah. you know, yeah. stages and seasons. And I'm glad you pointed that out because you and I both operate from a place of privilege where we've got a skill set where we could take a different avenue. And that's not available to everybody. But take a look at those core values and talk, you know, look at those relationships that aren't serving you. Look at those activities that aren't serving you. Is there somewhere you're mm-hmm. serving in your community or your church that you just don't have the space for right now? And don't feel guilty about stepping back from that because of those things are getting in the way of your own health or your family's health, then they're not good things for you right now. This doesn't mean they're not good things. It's just not the season for them. So there's multiple ways to look at this regarding, you know, where you are in your journey and what your situation is, but just being willing to step back and, and not feeling like you just have to stay miserable forever. You know, there's, there's a better, there's a better way to live and and better way to do things in whatever situation you're in. So thank you for sharing that and, and in talking about the nuances of that. All right. Um, Living out of your own expectations versus others. This probably goes really well with that piece too, (laughs) because there were probably a lot of people that were so surprised, like what? I mean, what? Why is this happening? Your employees, your clients, but also just in life in general, the expectations that we have for ourselves and how we communicate them versus what other people have and our confidence within that um, is such a nuanced and layered conversation for women because of what's just kind of imposed on us by society. Yeah. And there's lots of layers of society. And I know you you know, talk about that a lot in this podcast, which I love. 
Um, I do feel that women have three different types of layers. They've got the overarching society blanket, and then you've got your own upbringing and whatever, I hate to use the word baggage, but just history, scars, things that have come up for you that you are then making decisions based off of. And then there's the side where it's like your family that you either are dealing with of your, of your own, your biological family or your partners, if you are in a relationship and those can really cause your own soul to go off the rails. If you're not, if you're not the one in the driver's seat, I guess is the best way I will put it. So I, I think like the biggest thing I hope to impart uh, upon other women is that you know, sometimes it can happen before you even know it's happening. And I really try to talk with my younger girlfriends about this, particularly ones who are starting a family or getting married that like go into it, knowing what your deal breakers are with some Mm. of those relationships, not even necessarily your partner, although that's a big part of it, but don't ever budge from the beginning, know where you stand because But also if you've gone too far, do what I did, which is I basically just threw it all out and started over. And interestingly, life still went on. So it was okay. Yeah, Yeah. no, and and the courage to do that, I think um, kudos to you for that. But also, again, it goes back to that. When we talk about these things and women see other women doing this, it helps us realign our, you know, if your expectations, if someone's expecting something of you, that you can't deliver, communicate with that because so much about expectations is about communication. Um, my, I had my, um, son-in-law and daughter on in our first season and they're like, um, you know, uncommunicated expectations are just hopes (laughs) because no one knows, um, that that's what you're looking for. So I love that analogy. All right. Accepting the layered aspects of ourselves, all those pieces, all those parts of ourselves that make us who we are. Talk to me about your, your journey with that. Yeah. Oh man. I love layers and everybody has them. We all have a different past, but, um, yes, I feel like I have so many different sides and I'm now trying to embrace all of them, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's the little girl that was raised in a very unusual environment. My parents are alternative thinkers. My dad's an alternative doctor. For lack of a better way of putting it, I was raised by hippies and they're wonderful. But there was lots that came along with that. And and because of my uncertainty and experiences as a child, I grew up to be a very type A, high anxiety, overachiever adult. So that's yep. a layer. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, now I have the layer of being a mother and that layer is different as well because that's a protective, you know, I care so deeply for my children. Um, And then I had to add on a layer of taking care of myself and making sure Mm. that by being there for my kids, I'm also being there for myself. Otherwise, I'm of no use to them. Yeah. So I'd say those are my biggest layers. Um, You know, I also am a spouse, but it my husband is so supportive. He's like a best friend. I do feel like mm. almost all the layers involve him and yeah. we're fortunate yeah. in that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, too, just realizing that, you know, the, 
we're going to continue to uncover and unravel those over time. All the things Mm -hmm. that make us who we are. I mean, you and I have both talked about, we had our growing up experience was had some trauma in it. It was unique and dramatic. We've changed and grown from those things. We're both pretty hypervigilant and type A. And that's, that's probably gotten us to where we are, but it also had some counter effects. So just, you know, I think accepting all the nuances of that, you know, not everything is all negative or all positive and just accepting all the nuances of ourselves is so important. And I'd want to say to someone out there, because I feel like I get this feedback a lot when I speak individually about trauma to friends or family members or have in the past. I think there's a misunderstanding sometimes that like trauma has to be something we hear about in the news. It has to be something like really Mm. horrible and horrific that has occurred. Otherwise your trauma isn't valid. Right. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. all of us have experiences with trauma. All of us have micro traumas that occur along the way. I just was listening to something about this and to accept and embrace that about yourself really gives you the freedom to move past it or through it. It doesn't go away, but then you can manage it so much better if you go, yes, this affected me. Maybe it was just your parents not being available, or maybe it's something that happened in your first marriage, but it's okay to feel those feelings and then try to figure out what are the tools I need to get past this and don't minimize yourself, take up some space with it, you know? I love that. Thank you so much for saying that because I that's so important. And it will show up in another way if you don't process and move through that. It'll yes. show up. It goes back to that emotional health, con, you know, physical health connection. It will show up. So to deal with it and don't minimize it um, because it matters. If, you, if you're feeling it in some way, then you need to walk that through. And there's no shame in that. And there's actually power, you know, within yeah. that. So I'm so glad you spoke to that. All right. We're winding down in summary in living out feel, finding empowerment, embracing layers. Talk to me about how that has affected your relationship with yourself as well as with others. Well, it's positive and I don't want to say negative, but it's definitely determining sometimes, right? Yes. Yeah. Great word. Um, Because I've had to get really comfortable with not being liked all the time. And I have a Mm -hmm. lot of people who I love and love me and I love that. But there are also times when I'm like, you are not my person. And that is part of what I've had to come to terms with is that I am okay with that. And that's how I can live authentically. That's how I can be myself. Yeah, no, that's such an important point. And I think I struggle with that too. I like to think I don't, but I do. So I'm so glad you spoke to that. There's so much power in that and releasing that and taking the pressure off yourself for that. Not not everybody's for you. That's okay. Treat them with respect, but we don't Mm -hmm. have to be everybody's best friend. And also not every relationship is for all seasons of life. And it's okay if those things have an expiration date. Doesn't mean anything went wrong. It just might not be the right time or fit anymore. So I'm so glad you spoke to that. All right. Rapid fire. Name five activities that nourish you. Mm, Okay. Being outdoors is numero uno. I do a lot outdoors. I run, I hike, I walk, I take my kids on walks, we bike. And anytime I can get outside for any period of time, I feel nourished and happy by myself or otherwise. Um, I love to write. Writing is Mm. another one for me. And that is my career also, but it is, you know, I have different projects. Like I write for clients, but I also am in the process of writing a book and maybe Mm. it will go nowhere. Maybe it will go somewhere, but I'm doing it just for myself. Sure. Um, 
which is a lot of fun. And um, I love spending time with my family. My kids are in particular, they give me a lot of joy. Um, I love being alone, to be honest, as well, and reading a mm-hmm. book or meditating or going on a walk just for that alone time. Yeah. And then finally, I really do like and what nourishes me because I'm kind of an amnivert. I don't know if you've heard that term, but yep, I'm yep, half introvert, half extrovert. Yeah. Um, I love spending time with a close friend, grabbing a glass of wine. That also fills my cup. So yeah, no, those are yeah. great ones, and I I think that's becoming more and more common. And we're quit trying to put people in boxes. There's a, there's places where you can you know if you're in a workspace or an event where you can be that extrovert, but then you got to step back and take some space, or maybe you like small groups versus large groups. That one on one, and you know, being more nuanced with those descriptions and not getting so locked in on on I you know, that labeling, I think that we can get stuck in. Um, all right. Five words on how you want to feel the next six months. Yeah. And I just love that you do this because it is a difficult, it's a difficult task for women to be able to say what they want to feel like weirdly. Yeah. Uh, So yes. Um, I think in the next six months, There's been a number of challenges that I personally and my family have been through in the last two years and Mm. we're kind of, kind of through it. I hope, you know, like way of sending twists and turns to you, but six months, I just really want to feel empowered in my work and in my passion projects that I'm constantly doing Mm -hmm. and strong, you know, secure with myself, secure with life at peace. That's a really big one. I have it in the middle that I feel like that maybe should be the highest priority and connected. So, oh, and there was a fifth, Mm. I mean, right. I think aside from connected, I'd really, I really seek freedom and that's partly why Mm. I'm an entrepreneur and partly Mm. why I am constantly taking on new creative projects is just I love freedom. Sometimes giving yourself that freedom creates tasks you have to accomplish, but I'm always seeking a feeling of freedom. No, I love that. And I think, you know, I think we're seeing that more and more with women. I think we're, we're starting to take back our lives, um, you know, with that and, and and decide for ourselves what that looks like for us. And, and the more that we see each other doing that, I mean, you and I have talked about, as we see other women do, how we show up for each other and how we support each other and give each other resources because we're like, yeah, me too. And we're going to do this together. And we're going to, we're going to support each other um, and back each other up. Um, So I'm so glad you talked about that freedom piece because I would say going out of this today, women decide what that looks like for you. It's not going to look the same for everybody. It's going to depend on the season of life you're in. Um, where you live, the kind of work you do or don't do, you know, whatever, whatever it is you need to be doing to feel free that seems feels doable. Because I think sometimes we look at freedom and we we take it to the extreme. Like, well, mm-hmm. if I win the lottery tomorrow, I want to go travel. Well, OK, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. But what can you do within your system of living? What kind of choices can you can you make? that we're, that will help you, help you move into that space. And what kind of changes do you need to make to allow that, you know, and, and being willing and okay and trusting yourself 
and your inner knowing in doing that. And um, I think that's so, so I'm so glad you brought the freedom piece up. Well, Liz, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Um, You're one of the fabulous people I've gotten to meet on this journey that I'm just so incredibly thankful for. Um, Just your support and just the work you're doing for women. Um, Go to embracinglayers.com, field podcast listeners, find out all the different ways that Liz can support you and help you and show up for you. She's got it. She's, she's a whole genius and a whole kinds of areas that you're going to want to know her through. Um, especially if you are an entrepreneur yourself or, or looking for some help in the marketing space, PR space, you're looking to get your name out there, voice out there, but check out the blogs, check out her website, but all that stuff's going to be in sources. So if you're driving down the freeway, listening, don't worry, go to <laughs> layers.com check out our sources page find out how you can follow her how you can listen to her new podcast stages of she with her two good friends follow all of that but thanks so much liz for taking the time to be with us today thank you melissa it's so great to be here and thanks for all you do for women we really appreciate and embrace you thank you you so much right back at you and feel podcast audience embrace yourselves find that thing that makes you free and have a great week